Welcome to the Heal Podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama Five, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. This week's podcast is brought to you by Air Oasis. As a Lyme warrior, I know how important it is to have clean air in the home. I've been using a room air purifier, but recently had to purchase an all-home unit to combat mold issues throughout our house. I did some research and found a great company called Air Oasis. Their air purifiers help fight bacteria, viruses, and mold. So if you have not put in an air purifier into your home, go to lime360.com forward slash air oasis. They carry room units as well as entire home units. Welcome back to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi, and today we have Dr. Stephen Gundry. He is one of the world's top cardiothoracic surgeons and a pioneer in nutrition, as well as a medical director at the International Heart and Lung Institute Center for Restoration Health. He has spent the last two decades studying the microbiome and now helps patients use diet and nutrition as a key form of treatment. He's the author of many New York Times bestselling books, including The Plant Paradox, In his new book, The Energy Paradox, What to Do When Your Get Up and Go Has Got Up and Gone, Dr. Gundry offers readers the information and tools necessary to quiet the autoimmune battle raging within, a battle that depletes precious energy reserves, leaving you drained and prone to mood disorders and weight gain. This is especially important for us Lyme warriors. To get my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to Lyme360.com forward slash detox checklist. Dr. Guntry, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm really excited to talk to you and talk to you about your new book. And the reason why I find this your specialty so important to me is because of having chronic Lyme. A lot of what applies can be applied to people with chronic Lyme, Lyme plus, right? It's not just Lyme. Yep. And that's one thing I'm realizing now with Lyme is it's not just Lyme. If you're not getting better, then there's something else going on. And that's what is so great about your book and your specialty is because you dive into like what else is going on. So thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So can you just tell us a little bit about your practice? Yeah. So I, uh, the last 21 years, I've been practicing what I call restorative medicine. Some people would call it functional medicine, but restorative makes more sense to me. I was a professor and chairman of cardiothoracic surgery and cardiology at Loma Linda University here in Southern California. And oh, about 23 years ago, I saw a patient reverse his inoperable coronary artery disease with a diet and supplements. And I said, son of a gun, I think I should put myself out of business. So I actually started experimenting and uh, lo and behold, this guy was right. And so I actually resigned my position and set up clinics in Palm Springs and now in Santa Barbara, where basically 80% of my patients are autoimmune patients who have been everywhere and not getting any better. And it focuses on leaky gut. And I do see a lot of patients with with Lyme, and we can get into that, but I think the underlying process is chronic inflammation. And the book, The Energy Paradox, is so much of our chronic uh, low energy tiredness, fatigue, uh, is actually due to chronic inflammation, primarily from leaky gut. And that's what we focus on. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, can you tell anybody who's not listening, like what leaky gut is? Yeah, great question. If you had asked me 15 years ago what I thought about leaky gut, I would have told you it was pseudoscience. But really, thanks to uh, work by Dr. Fasano, who's now at Harvard. And hopefully from some of my work, we now know that Hippocrates was right, that uh, all disease begins in the gut. And if you ask Dr. Pisano and myself, we'll both agree that all disease begins with leaky gut. And those are bold statements, but the lining of our gut actually is the same surface area as a tennis court inside of us. And that surface area, if we had one design flaw, is that our lining is only one cell thick. And those cells are actually held together with glue that are called tight junctions. It was Dr. Fasano's work that shows that this glue can be unglued by among other things, what I specialize in is lectins, which are proteins that are sticky. And lectins from Dr. Vizal's work break the tight junctions. And so you have spaces between these, the lining of your gut. And bacterial particles can go through, lectins, proteins can go through, undigested food particles can go through. And the important thing for your listeners is about 80% of all of our immune cells, our white blood cells, line this border, this gut. That's because they're basically our border patrol looking for invaders that come across mm-hmm. the, the border. And so when they see invaders, and it happens nearly constantly, sadly, they mobilize the troops. There's warfare in our gut. And that warfare is inflammation. And one of the things that we now know, troops require huge amounts of energy to do the battle. And that energy has to be diverted from our muscles, our brain. And so so many of us, unknowingly, there is a fire of inflammation going on and we don't necessarily feel it, but it manifests itself as Mm -hmm. tiredness, as fatigue, as my get up and go has got up and gone, as the book says. And these are actually warning signs that we really need to take seriously rather than saying, oh, it's our modern stressful lifestyle. I have to get the kids to... 14 places simultaneously. I've been locked up for for a year with nobody to talk to except on Zoom. And that's actually not normal. So Mm -hmm. these are all warning signs that we should heed. So it's interesting because a lot of those warning signs or symptoms are kind of similar to the symptoms for Lyme, right? So that's where like the crossover is because you can get rid of your Lyme, which is kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, I'm pretty much test negative now on Lyme tests, but I still have some of my symptoms. Right. So that's kind of where it gets tricky. It's like, is it the Lyme or is it this inflammation that's causing it? Yeah. And so many of, of, of my colleagues who treat almost exclusively chronic Lyme, I think we agree that we should be treating chronic inflammation rather than specifically focusing on, well, is this spirochete still there and is that causing the problem? 
Because so many of my chronic Lyme patients, actually, when we look and test whether they have leaky gut, they've got rip-roaring, wide-open leaky gut. And interestingly, when we seal their leaky gut with what what we talk about in the energy paradox, their symptoms of Lyme uh, get better. So I think we've in a way, miss the forest for the trees in treating Lyme disease. Sure, if we've got an acute Lyme problem, you know, let's break out the antibiotics. But so many times, you're right, it's very difficult to know when you've got these symptoms that are compatible with chronic Lyme, you know, which came first, uh, the inflammation or is the spirochete still around? And so that's what we do. Is there a proper test to figure out if you have leaky gut or is it just like based on symptoms? Well, you can certainly use symptoms, but there are now some really good companies that that we use. One, The one I use is called Vibrant America. And the tests we use hilariously are called Zoomers. And they were called that long before Zoom. It's a stupid name because they're very sophisticated tests, but they're blood tests. That can actually be done on a finger prick now. You don't even have to go have your blood drawn. So Wheat Zoomer was designed to measure whether the tight junctions are being broken, whether zonulin, which was what was discovered by Dr. Vizzano, which breaks tight junctions, we can measure it. We can measure antibodies to zonulin. And so we can... We can tell you whether you got it or not. The mm-hmm. exciting thing is we follow people with this test every three months. And when they follow the rules, um, which... Um, you know. Yeah, we know. Uh, and we go, look, uh, you know, here, here you go. It's like the p- piano teacher that knows if you've been practicing or not. Pretty much so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty much so. So what would you say are the biggest causes for leaky gut? Great question. This is tea, by the way. What kind um, of tea? Anything specific? Uh, oh, yeah. All sorts of tea. That I've written about in, in some of my other books. Um, there's pu'er tea. There is some mushroom tea. There is mint tea. There is white willow bark in here. And let's see, what else did I put in here? Uh, usually about five of these. I've forgotten what else I threw in. I have a bunch of cups of tea. I love tea. Oh, green tea as well. Uh, chocolate pu'er tea uh, as well. So I call them the three L's in the book that cause low energy. And we've talked about one, which is leaky gut. The big cause of leaky gut that I see in our diet are these things called lectins. And lectins are a plant defense system that plants produce to prevent being eaten. Um, Strange as it may seem, plants don't want to be eaten, and they certainly don't want their babies eating their seeds. You rescued your daughter from a flat tire. You do anything for your children. Well, plants feel the same way, but they can't fight. They can't run. They can't hide, but they are chemists of incredible ability. So they make these proteins that are called lectins. Gluten just so happens to be a lectin. Uh, But there are plenty of other lectins in primarily grains, in beans and legumes, in the nightshade family like tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, peppers, goji berries. Oh, goji Uh, berries is. Goji berries are very lectin-contained food. 
Chia seeds have tons of lectins. Peanuts and cashews are loaded with lectins. Quinoa is loaded with lectins. So the lectin's bad. Lectin's bad. So everything uh, you just named, we should not be having. Yes, you should not be having them. Wow. But there's yeah. a proviso. Okay. If you pressure cook lectin-containing foods except wheat, rye, barley, and oats, the pressure cooking will destroy the lectins. So uh, oats even have lectin. Oh, yeah. One of the oats cross-react with gluten. So wow. they have virtually the same protein as gluten. I get a good laugh because you'll see gluten-free. Free. That's why I was so I thought I was doing well because I switched from my, you know. I can't tell you the number of people with chronic fatigue who are having their gluten-free oats. And when we take their gluten-free oats away from them, that's one of the big factors in getting rid of their chronic fatigue. Wow, that's wow. unbelievable. Yes. Okay, yeah. so we, with that being said, what should you be eating? So, number one, all my books, it's what I tell you not to eat that's going to make the difference in your okay. life rather than I tell you what to eat. But there are two grains that don't have lectins, and they're sorghum and millet. And so, if you want, and we talk about millet cereal in the book. If you want, you know, sorghum as a replacement for rice, it's fantastic. So, those are options. The other thing that's really important in the book is we're beginning to realize now that we have a very good defense system against lectins, and it is our microbiome. But our microbiome, believe it or not, there's actually bacteria that love to eat gluten. But unfortunately, most of us have a destroyed microbiome primarily because of the antibiotics we've been given mm -hmm. for reasons we shouldn't have been given them. Sore throat, runny nose, antibiotics don't work on viruses, folks. They're in our food. Most of our uh, beef, most of our pork, a lot of our dairy, chicken, uh, dairy are fed antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And it's sadly still legal, and there's loopholes to give these animals antibiotics. And those antibiotics are in the flesh or in the dairy. And we consume those, and we just literally wipe out all of our microbiome. The second thing that's important is our microbiome has to be fed what they like to eat. And what they like to eat are prebiotic fibers. And these are soluble fibers, resistant starches. Like, for instance, a yam is a, is a wonderful resistant starch. And one of the tricks we talk about in the book is that if you cook the yam and then cool it and then reheat it, you will actually increase the resistant starch content of whatever you're cooking, including, for instance, like white rice. Anytime you cook a starch, cool it, and then reheat it, you're making more resistant starch. Then there's the whole family of vegetables like asparagus, like artichokes, like jicama, like the inulin-containing vegetables like chicory, uh, radicchio, Belgian endive, Jerusalem artichokes. These are Inulin is one of the best things to feed what I call your gut buddies because they actually do you an incredible favor and they make these compounds which are fairly new probably to anyone listening called postbiotics. So you got probiotics, which are friendly bacteria. You got prebiotics, which are the food the friendly bacteria eat. And then they make 
postbiotics. And postbiotics are gases and also what are called short-chain fatty acids. That is an actual language that's been discovered between the microbiome and our brain, our mitochondria that produce energy, and they actually tell our energy-producing mitochondria to make more energy. And the discovery of this language, this postbiotic language, um, won the Nobel Prize for Medicine a few years ago. Oh, wow. So who would believe that you, you know, could be sitting at the dinner table and let loose a fart and say, oh, I got so much energy going on. I, you know, <laughs> sorry, folks, but I am boosting my energy. I just turbocharged my mitochondria. <laughs> so I want that's everybody. true. To I, I didn't realize that. that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, so is there like a, a name for your like eating plan? Like, is it closest to paleo or closest to keto? Is there something that you can have, like people can kind of be like, okay, I, I can somewhat identify and then tweak it? Well, it's called the plant paradox and it's sold over two and a half million copies in 36 languages. So it's called the plant paradox and people can find it. It's in the energy paradox, but people can find it for free online. I've got two YouTube channels. You can go to drgundry.com to read about it. There's yes foods and no foods. You can go to the Dr. Gundry podcast and we talk about this as well. That's so. great. That's great. And you mentioned um, as well, mitochondria and how important I've learned a lot about that from my doctors and that if it doesn't work, I'm not a scientist, so I know I'm not going to be saying this right, but if it's, you know, there's causes that make it not work. And if it doesn't work, you're kind of in trouble because that's the, the key to the kingdom. So can you talk it a little is. bit about that? <laughs> yeah. So mitochondria, just to get really nerdy, mitochondria are these energy, ATP-producing organelles in most of our cells. And they're actually engulfed bacteria. Two billion years ago, one cell ate a bacteria, and it didn't digest the bacteria. And the bacteria said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. It's kind of nice in here. If you feed me, I'll generate energy for you. What do you say? And apparently it worked out very well. And so Mitochondria are actually ancient bacteria, and they actually have their own DNA. And for the women who are watching and listening, we get all of our mitochondrial DNA from our mothers. They are, it is passed on only through the female line. Males don't give any mitochondria. Sorry, guys. And it turns out that we get all of our initial microbiome from our mothers coming through the birth canal or through breast milk. And so there's actually a language between the bacteria in our gut and the bacteria in all of our cells. And they're sisters. And I have two daughters and sisters always talk to each other, sometimes well and sometimes not. But that's the communication system that was discovered a few years ago. People knew it had to exist, but they couldn't decipher the language. So mitochondria are in charge of taking the sugars we eat, the amino acids from proteins we eat, and the fatty acids from fats that we eat. And they basically run them down a gauntlet, and they energize these substances. And at the end of the gauntlet, if everything works out okay, you make ATP. And how this process works is actually a lot more complicated than it seems. Two Nobel Prizes were awarded for figuring out how it works. But long story short, we 
overload our mitochondria workload by the way we eat processed and ultra-processed foods, and we literally slam our energy-producing mitochondria with too much food to work with at any one time. And just like uh, you and I are both in Southern California, just like it's rush hour on the 405 and nobody moves anywhere, your energy production plummets when you actually eat energy-rich food. And so the book is actually teaches you how to stop actually clogging up your freeways that are your mitochondria. That's great. So you mentioned something about like eating too much. The kind of trendy thing right now is intermittent fasting and fasting. And I have to say, I actually having, you know, dealing with my chronic Lyme, I actually feel better when I don't eat. And especially when I don't eat a lot, you realize how much, right. once you stop eating, you realize how much you really don't need to eat because you're really not that hungry and you can get by with little. So can you talk a little bit about like intermittent fasting? Yeah, I was actually, as far as I know, and I'm welcome to be corrected. Uh, I was the first one to write about this in 2006. I had been doing it for five years prior to that. And what I did uh, and wrote about it in my first book was literally from January through June every year. I fast 22 hours a day and I eat all my calories in a two-hour window from five to seven at night. Now, that's extreme. It's called eat one meal a day. And some people said, well, if I did that, I would go mad um, rather than OMAD. But the evidence is really startlingly clear. that If we can compress people's eating windows to about six to eight hours a day, and what I mean by that is when you start after your break fast and when you finish, if we can get that down to six to eight hours a day, then your energy levels will soar, just like you've noticed. And your inflammation numbers will plummet and your brain will work better. And we go into why that is in the book. And the nice thing is, for most people, if I said, okay, tomorrow you're not going to eat breakfast until noon, about 80% of people would fall flat on their faces. They'd get hungry, they'd get tired, they'd get brain fog, they're headachy, and their stomach would growl, they'd get hangry. And we go in why that is. But what I've found in my clinics is, okay, tomorrow you usually breakfast at seven o'clock. How about meet me at eight o'clock and we'll start? And you go, oh, okay, yeah, I can wait an hour. And then how about the next day, now that you've done eight, let's go for nine o'clock and then so on. And then the weekends we'll take off, have a nice day. And then next week, we're gonna start an hour later than when we uh, did the first of the week. And so in a six week program, we get people to, it's really easy to start eating breakfast at about noon and finish at six or seven o'clock at night. So you don't have to jump off the cliff to do that. Right and one thing I find too is it makes me in that time, if I'm hungry, you actually almost focus more on water, which for yeah. me, you know, you, you kind of get distracted day. You're busy. You forgot like, oh my God, I haven't drank water today. Whereas if in that morning, if you, that's all you know you can have is like water and tea, that's what you're focusing on. Then you just make sure you're consuming water. Yeah, and the other the other great thing is that 
you have so much more free time. You know, I don't eat lunch. And so, you know, we, we joke, oh, you know, that's when I'm writing or I have a podcast or, or whatever. And I don't eat breakfast. So I have, you know, I just have. So you do one meal a day. Yeah, one meal a day during the winter from January to yeah. through June. The rest of the year, I do two meals a day, but I'm never not, I never eat breakfast. It's just, right. And it's uh, so much healthier for you too. Like someone said, it's almost similar to getting like stem cells. You actually activate stem cells the longer you actually go between meals. And that's actually been shown also in Ramadan. And right now, you know, it's the Ramadan fast where you have to eat before sunrise and then don't eat or drink until after dark. And the Ramadan fast, and I call it eat, pause, eat in my book, also works extremely well for activating stem cells. Interesting. That's great. So you also talk about the seven deadly energy disruptors. Yeah. So do you mind talking about them as well? Sure. So we've, we've mentioned one already, and that is the antibiotics that we swallow and the antibiotics in our food. Probably the biggest troublemaker right now is glyphosate, which is the active ingredient of Roundup. And glyphosate was actually patented by Monsanto as an antibiotic, not a weed killer. And it is an antibiotic against the earth, in my opinion, and other people's opinion. Glyphosate actually kills our, our microbiome. It was designed as an antibiotic. Glyphosate individually, without any help from anybody else, can cause leaky gut. And glyphosate actually disrupts how we listen to our adrenal glands, how vitamin D is made. And glyphosate is in everything now. We used to think it was just in GMO products, but now glyphosate is sprayed on almost all wheat grown in the United States, almost all oats grown in the United States. Even if it's organic? Even if it's organic, it drifts. In fact, there's two Mm. organic oat products that test positive for glyphosate. Wow. I always just assumed like if you're not having GMOs and it's organic, you're okay. Sadly, it's everywhere now, and it drifts from fields. We just tested a young lady who's got some some issues trying to get pregnant, and she's eaten really organic for the last 10 years of her life, and she's loaded with glyphosate. It's off the mm-hmm. chart. And what do you do? I mean, because you can't avoid, I mean, you got to eat even with vegetables that has it. For one thing, uh, most California wines are loaded with glyphosate, sadly to say. Get biodynamic uh, or organic. So much of the wine in France and Italy is safe because it's mostly organic and biodynamic. So that's one thing. The second thing is that you can actually help protect yourself by taking glycine. Glyphosate plugs into many of our energy chains by substituting for a glycine molecule. So you can kind of flood the system with glycine. And I talk about in the book how to Mm -hmm. do that. Also, glycine actually really helps you sleep. Glycine lowers your body temperature. And we actually induce sleep by dropping our body temperature a tiny bit. And so glycine's a, a double win for dealing with glyphosate. That's great. Okay, so number three. So number three, over-the-counter drugs like NSAIDs, uh, ibuprofen, and naproxen, sometimes called Advil and Aleve. These things actually create holes in your gut. They literally are like swallowing hand grenades. And the drug companies knew about this when they were introduced in the 1970s. In fact, they were illegal to be 
be prescribed for longer than two weeks because of their known side effects of causing leaky gut. But somehow that loophole doesn't get told to anybody. Secondly, the acid-reducing drugs like Nexium and Prilosec and Protonix, these actually stop your mitochondria from making ATP. They are what are called proton pump inhibitors, and that's how mitochondria make ATP. That's why there's a warning label on all these drugs that you should never take them for over two weeks' time. How about Claritin? Uh, Claritin's okay. That's, okay, good. Because uh, I still get my hives. I'm like, I live with that. So I'm like... But there's even better than Claritin. There's a natural compound called quercetin or quercetin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that is a really, really great antihistamine that doesn't make you sleepy. Also, rosemary extract is also a great antihistamine, and I've weaned a lot of my uh, really bad allergy patients off of those like Claritin. So okay, that's good to know. That's exciting. Okay, perfect. So, okay, that's three. So, four. So, number four is blue light, and not the blue mm -hmm. light special from Kmart. Blue light is now everywhere. And blue light is the intense spectrum of midday sunlight. And it's actually designed to keep us awake and to make us hungry. And now most of our devices are primarily blue light focused. Most of our light bulbs, our computer screens, our cell phones, our TVs at home. And so we are surrounded and washed with blue light constantly, literally from the second we wake up to the second we go to bed. And there's really sad, elegant studies showing on how this affects our sleep pattern, it affects our hunger, it affects our mood. And so there are devices, for instance, make sure on your cell phone that it is in a nighttime mode whenever you can. Get yourself a pair of blue blocking glasses. They're getting really cheap now, and there's some really effective ones out there. And I, I show them in the book. So blue light is a real bad one. The other thing, speaking of cell phones, is electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. And we are awash in electromagnetic fields. Electromagnetic fields actually affect how heat is produced in our mitochondria. And they also affect how calcium is moved in our mitochondria. And 5G is really good at making calcium move the wrong way in mitochondria. And for instance, Santa Barbara, where one of my offices is, have, has banned 5G. Now, it we, has, good for them. We will probably never, hopefully, ever see 5G in Santa Barbara because of these worries. And we've had people on my podcast talk about this. So one thing, Ariana Huffington, who wrote a nice blurb for me, one of the things, please, please, please don't have your cell phone anywhere near you when you go to bed and make sure it's put the bed in another room. That's one thing that you can do to protect yourself. So that's, that's, that's another real troublemaker. Yeah, that's a big one. That's okay, probably so enough to, in the interest of time. That's enough okay. to wet people's appetite. Yes, yes, exactly. And then what's six and seven? Was that six or is that five? The other ones are, we go into more depth about these endocrine disruptors oh, okay. that everybody's being exposed to. Like For plastic. Like plastic, like phthalates, where um, mm -hmm. if you have wrapped chicken, you're ingesting phthalates, and there's really scary data 
that women who eat a lot of chicken when they're pregnant give birth to boys who have much smaller penises than normal. And it's because of the phthalates being estrogen disruptors. Plus, we now know that most sunscreens have estrogen disrupting chemicals that are directly absorbed through your skin. So we have a whole section on please eat your sunscreen. And I don't mean squeeze the sunscreen in your mouth. So these are these are energy disruptors that people just are completely unaware of. This has been amazing. I've learned so much today. So I really appreciate it. I'm so excited for your book. So anybody um, who's listening, get the energy paradox and can go into depth more about what we talked about today. Uh, is there anything else that we should finish on that we didn't cover? No, people should know that fatigue is not your fate. And it is a warning sign to look under the hood and figure out where the you know energy production has failed you and let's uh, kick up everybody's energy. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on and I'm so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my detox for Lyme checklist, go to lime360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme 360 Warriors on Facebook and let's heal together. Thank you. Thank you.